Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 281. We're talking promotions that bring value. This is Best Served Tableside Custom, Volume 1. And we're talking through this whole series of ease of ordering. More important now than ever that we make a seamless opportunity for our customers to be able to spend money with us. So this whole series, yeah, we're really focused on that experiences and expectations directly from our customers or potential customers, our audience, because in restaurants, a lot of times we forget, right? We have butts and seats, not right now, but we've had butts and seats and we get to interact with them and we have so much control over the outcome of their experience. And right now we have to make sure that that message that experience, that expectation is clear, understood, it translates, it's landing with our guests. And that also we make sure that we understand that we need feedback. The more feedback we get, the better. And restaurants, sometimes we struggle with getting real feedback. So excited to dig into that. We got Connie and Terry and Jessica with us. Thanks to all three of you for being on. We are going to break down some different parts of what we believe kind of are the experiences and expectation that they are specifically having, some of the broader context of what the conversations that are happening around the restaurant industry are. And so I wanna dig in to that a little bit. I want to start with this idea of story. We call it why you exist. Your backstory is so fundamental, so important. People buy why you do what you do, not what you do. And so we really want people to be able to understand that part of your story, because this is a long-term relationship that you have. If you are just transactionally trying to sell, 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 the reality is people are going to get really good at ignoring you. And you have to find a way to bring value in every interaction so that when you ask for a sale, which you should, it's meaningful, it's thoughtful, and it makes sense because they feel like this is the next logical extension of the relationship that you have built. So I want to touch on that a little bit. And Connie, I'll come to you, then Terry, and then Jessica will kind of go around the table this way. But I want to get, Connie, from you, your perspective a little bit of kind of some of the brands, some of the stories that you've seen land for you. When we talk about, you know, why somebody does what they do, kind of where's your head at? What's your expectation as a customer of restaurants of telling you a story versus just selling you something? Right. Yeah. It's, I, it's not, a great feeling to just be thought of as a customer. I think it's nice to be thought of as a guest. Um, so I always want to be, you know, made to feel welcome. I mean, not overly so, I'm not ridiculous, but but you know what I mean? And yeah, so I think when, um, you know, I get advertised to like on Facebook or sometimes they pop up in emails, I I have a few restaurants that I'm on their email list because I really like them. Um, And and I enjoy when they try to do something new or different. Um, For example, um, Blue Island Oyster Bar, 
um, at the beginning of the pandemic, they were offering, and it was summertime, so they offered like a porch pounder case of wine. Um, and that, and it that was felt great. enticing to you at the Yeah, I was like, pandemic. yeah, I want to pound some wine on the porch. Um, and they out, they have a great wine selection. So I trusted their choices, even though I had never tried them. And it was fantastic. All the wines were great. And it just made me feel summery. And I felt like I was able to support them in a way that, you know, they really needed right now. And, and I don't remember the bartender's name who, who put the case together for me when I picked it up, but she was just so nice and so gracious and just like, thank you so much. Like, you could really tell that they they needed a little extra oomph. Yeah, Connie, you said something that's very important, uh, trust. Trust mm -hmm. is something that is built over time. And so we have yes. to recognize that you're in it for the long haul with your guest, with your customer, with your audience, with your community, with your neighbors. You have to be, and that has to be felt at every moment. And that includes being able to make sure that you make enough money to survive as a business. I think everybody understands that. And when there's that genuine, authentic ask, people respond in kind because they want to spend their hard-earned money on things they care about. And more importantly, people they care about. And if it's delicious on top of that, and it creates that porch pounder moment for you, that's what everybody wants. So really making sure you build that relationship. And Terry, I want to come to you now to kind of talk about that, the relationship side of it. You know, what's your expectation in that when you're built, when the, they're building a relationship with you and Connie mentioned it, you know, you get the email and then you get the social thing and you got the thing on Instagram and everywhere they are like, yes, being top of mind is important, yet feeling like they're just trying to trick you into pushing the button is a vulnerability of the relationship. What does that feel like for you when a, when a restaurant does a good job at cultivating a relationship? Oh, yeah. And I liked what Connie said about wanting to feel like a guest. Um, I don't want to just pass a restaurant and be like, oh, I guess I'll stop in there. I want to feel like I was invited in, um, whether that be on their social media or through word of mouth. Um, one of the places I really like to go, it's not actually a restaurant. It's a craft brewery here in Colorado Springs um, called Lost Friend. And um, their story is that the couple who owns the brewery, um, they used to, I guess, run into a lot of lost dogs or sometimes stray dogs that had gotten separated from their owners, just kind of a quirky thing about their relationship. Um, and so on their social media, um, if you go into their tap room, there's dogs everywhere. And um, that's where the name came from. Um, so as a dog owner, I feel welcome in there um, because I know that that's part of their story. And because they continue to post about it and talk about it, I know that I'm welcome there with my dog. Um, that's just an example. But yeah, if you are feeling like um, you want to find your niche in a specific type of business, it's it's nice that they continue to remind you, hey, we're here for you. And um, makes you want to go in and get to know those people that may have similar interests as you. You said two things that I absolutely love and I want to hover on for a moment. Feel like you're invited in. That is such like people just want to feel like they're welcomed into a place, not told, sit your ass down and buy the thing I want you to buy. And sometimes it can feel like that. Absolutely. Right. Sometimes restaurants, we think that we've found this magical thing. And sometimes we have and we found it for ourselves. There's like something missing in us. And the restaurant galvanizes that for us. And so we expect that everybody else, too, would have that same experience. That's not the reality. The reality is sometimes we're just an extension of moments shared with family or whatever that might be 
And so we need to understand where people are coming from themselves. So feeling welcome and invited in, I think is crucial. Something like lost friend. I like that. Well, everybody's selling a burger. Everyone's selling a craft beer. Everyone's selling whatever they're selling. There's a lot of white noise. The dogs, you didn't say anything about their beer. Their beer better be good. Your food better be good. Absolutely. The dogs, right? That's the thing that's going to separate them. That's the story. That's what I really appreciate about that. And so Jessica, I want to come to you. Let's let's stay with this. We're building relationships. Now we want to feel welcomed. We don't want to feel like we're just sold to. We want still the human experience feeling like a guest, all of kind of those interactions. So take us, what haven't we touched on? What else are you expecting from, from a restaurant, a craft brewery, anybody to be able to build a relationship with you? Well, I definitely love what they've said so far. I think taking it one step further, like you said, is who is your customer, knowing them, knowing where they're at is super important. Um, I'm a working mom. Where am I at Friday night? Am I wanting a fancy dinner or do I want something that's quick and simple and maybe something that could be, you know, take nicer for the next night or, you know, thinking earlier in the week for me during the week is kind of a mess. So having a couple of quick options and then think about the nicer nights marketing to me on those nights when I'm relaxed, when I can cook Sundays as to, you know, we can kick back. Those are the days that I want to spend more time um, interacting with a restaurant, either by going in or taking out. You, you, what a perfect segue into know my motivation. And Jessica, I'm going to stay with you at this, but okay. know my motivation, why I buy mm-hmm. is fundamentally important. There's so many motivators. Am I motivated by price? Am I motivated by quality, something new and, and exciting and, avant-garde, something I've never experienced before? Am I motivated by the fact that I'm exhausted and virtual school is is hard and like I just want something easy, but I don't want to feed my kids crap? Like That is a real motivator. And understanding that motivation is so, so important. And so I want to stay with you. You kind of mentioned a little bit, but let's go even deeper into that. You know, the things that kind of motivate you, you know, you are wanting to, to cook something for your, for your family. You are wanting to be simple and quick and easy. You mentioned the next day. So thinking about stuff that maybe reheats well, or even the meal kit idea of something yep. that you finish yourself that I wanted to have food at 530, but the reality didn't end up having it because the kids were X, Y, and Z. And then I ate at 615 right. and everything was soggy and cold. Right. And I know right. it's my fault, yet I still kind of blame the restaurant because it's still the food that I get from them. So or or maybe it doesn't blame maybe you don't blame the restaurant, but you really second guess next time. Do we really have the time or ability or do I want to spend the money here or do I want to do it differently? So I think yeah. I think um, remembering that your customers are not one dimensional. I'm a different person Tuesday than I am Friday or Sunday. You know, so maybe understanding that there are different things for your customers at different times um, of the week and of the month. Um, Particularly, we've really enjoyed meals that we can enjoy on a Tuesday night. And then maybe there's a, you know, Hinman Pie has gotten in with the Big Red F group, those chicken pot pies. We have gotten a number of those, put them in the freezer. And when things are kind of hairy, I know what's for dinner and I just pop it in and I don't have to think about it. So you know, things like that, that can be either served again or put away in the freezer, take out, you know, quarts of soup. Um, another big thing we've done is we're, we're pretty locked down as a family with being high risk. So we don't go out for just the single loaf of bread or, hey, we ran out of mustard. So if I'm looking at a restaurant and I know in my mind, oh, we're missing a couple staples, if that restaurant has them, I'm always adding those on because I know it then helps the restaurant as well. Oh, 
Jessica, this is like you you just crystallized one of my thesis. I cannot be more grateful you to you in this moment. I think every restaurant has to be in CPG and consumer packaged goods. Your salsa, your hot sauce, your mustard has to be something that you sell mm-hmm. more revenue. But brand, every time you open that fridge and you have that mustard there, you remember right. it. And it becomes like, oh, the mustard. I love that mustard. And you know what it goes on? It goes on that pastrami sandwich. I'm going to order that pastrami sandwich. So well, I that's think- like Terry talked about the dogs. Every restaurant maybe has an ex- part of their experience. And if it's that salsa, I, I want to think about them more than the one meal I'm having, you know? Oh, this is good. This is great. I knew this was going to be a good group to have this discussion. So I want to uh, get into the motivation a little bit more. And, uh, and Connie, come back around to you. So you know, what are some of the things that, that motivate you specifically? What are some of the things that like really stand out to you in the way that you're, you have an expectation of your work life, your, your personal life, how the restaurant might fit into that? What motivates you to buy from a restaurant? Um, well, with advertising and, and, and like what Jessica said, I, I like immediately when you were talking about selling you know the product to you i thought of snarfs and how much i love their spicy pepper mix and they have you can buy it it's so good and i would i'd want snarfs now um let's let's have snarfs for lunch we should have ordered in lunch i know i love that place um and they're so kind when you go in there too and every time i pick up my sandwich they're just they're thankful they're they just shout out you know i don't go near them but they're like hey thanks um, and I appreciate that. And but another thing that I, I like is I like it when food looks really appetizing in the ad, like Pizzeria Locale. Like their pizza looks so good. Um, and I had never pizza ordered is from so good. <laughs> yeah, I've ordered from them for the first time a couple of weeks ago because of a Facebook ad. I was like, eh, I don't want to do Papa John's or something like that. I want to do something that's more, you know, here. So, so yeah, and, and the pizza was great, but on the flip side of that, it's can sometimes be really disappointing. Like when you actually get that pizza and you're like, uh, this isn't what it looked like in the picture. Um, yeah, it looks like somebody flipped the box back and forth upside down seven <laughs> ex- times before it got to you and stepped on it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, this this so. is great. You, you're perfect too. Cause I'm, I'm going to segue and Terry, I'm going to get your motivation, but we're going to go into this because visual identity is something that's so important right now. And since you brought it up, I, I think we can, we can talk about that a little bit as well. The visual identity that we're creating, there's an interesting thing happening right now. And I want restaurants to really understand one, you just taking a picture with your phone like this in like the dark broom closet is not doing you any good. Just because you have a photo doesn't mean that the photo, the photo is probably hurting you. Like, <laughs> you're better off having a meme up there than that horrible looking picture. Now, the other thing that's happening though, and this is equally vulnerable, is we're we're over-promising under-delivering. We're taking super glossy Bon Appetit style shots for a simple, humble mac and cheese. And it shows up simple and humble and delicious and that's okay, yet we set an expectation that basically this thing is gonna win you a James Beard Award, this one dish. And that I think is a challenge for the, the customer, the guest as well is like, they want to feel like what they expected is what was delivered to them at every level. No less, no more, exactly what they needed, what they wanted, what they expected. And so I think that's a big vulnerability as well. So, you know, you mentioned that kind of like you want them to look good. You want them to look like 
craveable absolutely and when it shows up it should look like the picture you don't you don't want this to be where somebody's looking at the dish and then they're looking at the picture on the phone and looking at the dish and going no nah, this doesn't work for me even if that pizza tastes really good you've already dropped their score down a little bit which i think is important so yeah connie any, anything yeah. else on that as far as like your expectation and then terry i'll come to you um, no, I mean, off, off, another thing is I feel like you should repeat the ad to me, but it shouldn't be too repetitive. Like I, I will, if I see something too many times in a short period of time, I will go and say, this is too repetitive. I don't want to see it anymore. They're, um, being, they're being lazy. Don't be yeah. lazy people. No, yeah. absolutely not. I completely agree. Now you can, you could even try and, and you might have a feature, you might have something special, you might have a promotion, you might have a new dish. You can show that different layers of that. You can show it being made. You can show the finished product. You can show this one cheese that you really love. Like you can tell that story in a multitude of ways, but just the copy and paste, repeat, 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 and hope that you grind people down till they say yes. It's just not, it's just not working for most of your, your audience. So Appreciate that a lot. Terry, for you, I do want to touch on the motivation. What are some of those key motivators besides cuddly, adorable dogs, which gets all of us? But what are a couple of the other things that really motivate you? And then I want to talk about that visual identity. Um, well, I really like to know what's available before I go in. So I am definitely someone who reads the menu online or checks out um, a restaurant social media before I head in to see if they have any specials going on. Um, and even if your menu is seasonal or changes constantly, um, you can still update pretty regularly and let people know this is what you can expect when you come in. Um, so I do like to make my decision kind of based on what I know is available, whether it be a picture, a post listing um, what's available. Um, I like I like a lot of information. But yeah, I am a big sucker for a visually appealing dish. Um, but like you said, sometimes it can be a little bit, you're, you can be a little skeptical, skeptical if you see something, it's like, that looks almost too good to be true. Yeah. Like you're going to bait and switch a little bit. Like they're going to like pull, pull the wool yeah. from under you. Yeah. Um, for me, I'd probably still go in and try it anyway, but I know a lot of people, um, they want to see real pictures. And like I mentioned earlier, I, I do make a lot of choices based on word of mouth for my friends. Um, but I would say the next best thing is as a business, you can post your own pictures on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, but you can also invite customers to share if they enjoyed a dish like, hey, tag us in it. And then you can choose whether or not to reshare it. If it's unflattering, obviously, it's not something that autom automatically pops up on your business's feed. But um, if someone takes a really great photo and it's different than the photo you've been using of that dish, um, you can tag them in it and then they feel like they're being rewarded as well. Um, and you can end up with maybe five or six different photos of the same dish, a little bit different each time, but people can kind of understand what to expect. Um, and you also will probably find out what a lot of people are ordering that way and what they're wanting to share with their friends. Yeah. You accomplished two things in that Terry that I think are important to mention. One, the number one reason people buy something is because they were recommended by a trusted resource and the most trusted resources are people that we know directly. And so I think that word of mouth piece is key. It's hard for restaurants right now to understand that because word of mouth was so face to face. Now it's here. And I think we sometimes look at this as like, this is 
this happens outside of our quote unquote four walls. We talk a lot about this is an opportunity for a table touch, create a relationship, ask a question, engage, interact. Because if you get more people posting pictures, yeah, some of them are going to be a little like, wow, this must be the first time you've ever posted on Instagram. Yet some people's photos on their Instagram, their personal Instagram are better than your restaurant photos. So you could siphon that. And I think that's an important piece of that dynamic of being able to engage and interact through that digital landscape. So I think that's one thing that restaurants really, really need to be focusing on. The second part of, of what you just mentioned is the opportunity for restaurants to think about their dish as a way to get feedback from a sales perspective or from the way that people interact with the dish itself. So that feedback loop, one, it's happening because they're posting about you, talking about you and create that trusted resource. But two, it's also like practical information for is that dish delivering what you expect it to deliver? So I think that's hugely, hugely important. And that visual aspect, it's key. And you have to make it easy for people to engage with you, which I think is important. So love that. Jessica, I want to come to you. Visual identity. Oh, we're talking about that. Super important. Give us a little bit of an idea of kind of an expectation that you might have or pictures that you're posting. Like what is enticing yeah. you visually from a restaurant? Well, I think just as important as the visual identity of the food, either how it is received at home or what the food actually looks like is also the experience. You know, as, as regulations go down a little bit and we can go back out more and more, people want to know what are, what am I getting into? What kind of situation does the table look like? What does the whole room look like? Um, what does the staff look like? So I think that storytelling like you were talking about really needs to connect 360 degrees from the diner, the dish, the experience at the table to the whole restaurant. You know, what are the staff experiencing too? Because I think there's a segment of people out there who are going to make choices not to dine indoors for the safety of the staff for a while, you know? There's, there's going to be a whole range of comfortability, that, that a word, um, of, of if they're comfortable um, as the year progresses. And so I think just making sure that you have to tell that whole story. Um, and I think that helps. Um, what Connie was saying is talk to me in different ways, even if you're telling that same thing. This is, this is so good. This is, this is another one of our thesis. I'm totally in love with all three of you right now for just the amazing stories, but also it's just, it's reinforcing something we've been trying to get across to restaurants. And this is why this channel was so important to me is that like, it's easy for the experts. All of us are experts. And we're always telling you like, you should do this. You should do that. The reality is the three of you and an extension of the three of you and us are the ones that are actually going to create the opportunity for these restaurants to succeed. We have to listen and sparking these conversations is important for me. We talk about a lot. It's not what's on the plate. It's who gets the plate that truly matters. And when you're talking about what's the experience that you're going to have, it's a human experience. It has to be. Otherwise, you're competing on, on price and somebody else has more money than you do. Somebody else can charge less for that. They can do more. They're more talented, all this. But what, if you are celebrating who gets it to the plate, like that is meaningful. That matters. And I appreciate you pointing that out, which I think is so, so important. I, I want to, maybe let's end with that. I, I love that. And, and Jessica, I'd love for you to take that a little further. Connie, you mentioned the bartender who was just so gracious, but let's talk about the humans that we actually uh, get to interact with, be it that they respond on social media. You better respond to everybody on social media. If you're in a restaurant, if you're not, you're losing the game. You don't understand what's happening. Uh, human piece of it. 
Jessica, what are those meaningful interactions that you get that really matter? Um, I mean, I think as much as it is um, the person giving you the food, learning, you know, we have less interactions with a restaurant now. If you're a diner, you're maybe one person. If you're going in, maybe two people at best. That's the whole point of what they're trying to minimize. So I think seeing that on social media particularly is who are these stories? Who are these people? And not just, hey, here they are making the salsa. It's Hey, who grew the salsa? Where did you get it from? How do you break it down? You know, I've really been enthralled with some restaurants that have showed little demo videos in the back of just, hey, here we are, we're cooking it up, or we're fooling around, we're having fun, we're not just, you know, at an assembly line. So, bringing that all together. Oh, I love that. We uh, one of the uh, episodes in this series called "Curbside Pickup with a Smile," and it's hard to smile with the mask we know, but there's people that laugh and smile with their whole body. Like, you know, they, you don't need to see their face. So there's still needs to be hospitality in all of this, which I, which I think is so important. Uh, the way that they're making you feel and the way that they interact, I think is, is really important. And Connie, you touched on that. I want to come back to you. You mentioned the bartender who we got to find out that bartender's name. We got to right. track him down. <laughs> and you also mentioned different ways of interacting. And then Jessica's got me thinking now about show me that video. I love the idea of show me that video, show me that interaction. Like you could sell me the same dish Monday through Sunday. And on Monday, if Johnny's working and on Tuesday, if Susie's working and on Wednesday, you know, somebody, somebody else is working anyway, uh, you can show them as part of the extension of that story. This is who's cooking your burger today. And then you know that's today. Like you can create ads every single day that are meaningful to that day because that's the day that Jessica needs the food to make sure that the kids are fed well, but it's not a difficult challenge for them. So Connie, for you, thinking about that a little bit, uh, the way that they're interacting with you, the bartender, all, all of those pieces, you know, is there something that would be more enticing to you if they said, communicated this way and it had relevance mm -hmm. to a human to a sense of time and place? Yeah, I think for me, um, I'm, I'm mostly really good at, at having meals prepared. Um, but occasionally I'm coming home from work like at 7 p.m. Didn't plan on being at work that late. I'm just like, I don't feel like it. And yeah. so, you know, my, my temptation is to get whatever's easy easy so what in in something that i didn't have to order like an hour ago so i think having like items that you could just stop and pick up um is a good idea or something that i can just order there and it's ready pretty quickly um yeah. and i understand that we want to have less interaction um, and I get that and I'm all about that too, but just sometimes it's like, oh, well, I really like to have that, but I can't because I didn't already order it and it'll be too late by the time it's ready. So I think having something that's easy for just those moments when you weren't prepared. Yeah. And this, the, this whole series of best of custom is called ease of ordering because we have to make it easy. We have to make it simple, intuitive. We have to make it feel meaningful right? You know, we talked about a lot. Terry wants a lot of information. Terry, I want to come to you. You want a lot of information. You not want to know what you're getting yourself into. You want the videos like Jessica mentioned. You want the interaction with the bartender who's so gracious. You want the pictures of the dog. Like we want all these things still. 
we want them and it's time for restaurants to really embrace that and if it means you're popping in for less than 10 minutes because you do want to minimize your your exposure and you do still at 7 p.m need that meal like we need to be thoughtful about that so i want to i want to finish with you on this you know we covered a lot but take us home with that the ease of ordering for you how important is that for you what do you expect of that anything we didn't touch on for you oh yeah no i mean accessibility is is huge even me being um pretty um aware that smaller businesses have more hurdles than big businesses it still makes a difference if i'm not able to order online and i want to order online which business i choose um so that being said i mean as a customer, as a consumer, I want to help the businesses I like um, get to where they need to be to be accessible and to, for it to be easier for me to, to order from them. I would say, I mean, um, if you are a small business and you're struggling and um, you're kind of um, playing it safe on social media, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I go to so many grocery stores, retail businesses. At the end, when you're checking out, they'll ask you, would you like to donate a dollar to this cause? You can do that for yourself. If you want to work towards um, an online ordering system and you don't have that capital right now, um, don't be afraid to ask your customers, hey, would this be something that y'all would be interested in? Would this be something that you would be interested in donating towards? And it doesn't have to be in your face, give me money. It can just be, like I said, incremental. Um, Honesty, just from businesses, if um, you have to close on a Tuesday for, for something unexpected, that's life. Um, just be honest on, you know, it's, it's better to go on their Instagram and see a business say, hey, we have to switch our hours up um, temporarily than to drive up to a business that's closed yeah. that you have no idea was closed. Um, so, yeah, definitely use the free resources like Instagram, Facebook groups. There's lots of foodie groups. If you're wondering how to get the word out, um, ask younger members of, you know, if you are not super social media savvy, um, there are a lot of free resources that even small businesses can use. Um, yeah. But I think I think that answered the question. That was great. That was great. So what was really great about this whole thing is, is each of you touched on the title of one of the other episodes. We touched on every single one of the different episodes because they're all important. They all really, really matter. So I, I appreciate all three of you for, for lending your voices. It's so important. This so meaningful and important because we have to get out of our bubbles in restaurants. We have to start to create a larger community. And it's such an interesting thing because the strength of restaurants is bringing community in. Yet the ability of that is we expect people to understand what our journey is just because we're used to getting butts and seats. And that's not the reality. We have to start to turn our gaze towards others' experience, not just our own experience, right? And so I think everybody touched on that. They, You all want to. Everybody wants to support these businesses. Make it easy, make it intuitive, make it meaningful, and make it simple. And that ease of ordering is going to be so important. So I appreciate Connie, Terry, Jessica. Thank you so much to all three of you for lending your voices. I know we'll talk some more. I'm excited that we're going to tag some of the restaurants that you specifically mentioned uh, because it's going to mean something to them. We're hoping to promote not just them as businesses, but them as the people that are putting in time, sweat, blood, tears, and effort to try and keep the, their communities and their businesses together. It really matters. So thanks to all three of you. Thanks to all of you for tuning in 
to this Besser Podcast 281, uh, which we talked about promotions, ads, communication that bring value, Besser of Custom Volume 1, Ease of Ordering Episode 2 of 8. So check out the full series for sure. That is it for this episode. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.